0: This is Issues 2020. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wichita Police Chief Gordon Ramsey. Welcome to Issues 2020. Nice to have you with us. Good morning. uh, When George Floyd died while in police custody in Minneapolis, the video generated a firestorm of protests across the nation and the world, as you know. Could you give us your reaction to the incident that started all of this?
1: Yeah, when I saw that video, it was, uh, I mean, it was shocking to see. And uh, a very sad day for me in the policing profession.
0: Did does this uh, the knee in the back of the neck? Is this something that's uh, is this common practice, or is this something you'd know about anyway?
1: No, we we don't train in anything like that, and it's forbidden. And we are uh, codifying that now in policy to uh, to ban that uh, neck hold or uh, any type of choking. Okay
0: and uh, we're going to get into that in a minute because I know you're changing some of your your policies uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute here, but first I'd like to say you know several protest events in Wichita after the incident what's your assessment of, of how those demonstrations were conducted here locally?
1: I think overall they were you know we had oh boy uh, twenty to thirty protests in a, in a couple of weeks, and um, they with a couple of exceptions or a few exceptions, they all went very well. Our charge was, as long as they are peaceful, um, we're going to facilitate uh, a successful protest. There were a couple that um, went sideways that involved uh, some property damage and uh, gunfire, a lot of gunfire that uh, we had to uh, had to shut things down.
0: Now, now, what was the key to keeping those protests, by and large, from all of them morphing into something more violent?
1: Yeah. And we had a a strategy where we wanted to facilitate people's right to protest rather than hinder it or uh, have an excessive police presence to, um, you know, some people might be intimidated by that. We we, uh, would provide traffic control and be there to assist, um, but yet did not have a, uh, you know, this heavy police presence to uh, hinder their First Amendment rights.
0: So you, you kind of took a, a non-confrontational uh, attack, uh, then I guess that's what you're telling me.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we, you know, um, across the country, you saw a lot of protests uh, escalate because of uh, police actions. And we didn't want to do anything to escalate a peaceful protest, right? We, we wanted to work with everybody to make sure that people were safe and the property was safe, but allow them to uh, express themselves.
0: And yet you had the incident uh, at 21st in Arkansas. Kansas. That nearly, from what I can tell, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that nearly got an officer killed. Uh, that came after a pre- peaceful protest, right? Was that connected with the protest?
1: Yeah, that was. So what we saw on many nights was that uh, uh, the protesters changed as the night went on. And it went from people, uh, you know, that uh, are concerned about social justice and really concerned about uh, legitimate issues, to more of uh, a, a party or just total chaos. And with that chaos came a lot of shootings. And that particular night, um, we at 21st and Arc, um, the gunfire uh, started to. Uh, increase. And, you know, we were worried someone was going to get hurt. And we had really no choice but to send people along. Now, you got to keep in mind, there was hundreds of people there. When we ordered them to leave, the majority of people left. Uh, And as we were clearing those that did not want to leave, you know, our officers took rocks, bottles, concrete blocks, um, and as well as rounds. And Uh, I was uh, actually on the street right behind them when those rounds went past us. And uh, that was very uh, concerning for me and our officers and their families that uh, someone would be shooting at them. Fortunately, we apprehended the suspect, and he is uh, facing charges.
0: You know that, that, that one video, though, is pretty dramatic where you can see, you can't make out much, but you can see pop, pop, pop where that gunfire is coming. In your in the police direction, and I'm thinking, wow, was he was he seriously trying to, or was he just shooting over heads, or do you think he was seriously trying to hurt somebody, or can you tell?
1: Well, well, here's what I do know is I know that some rounds uh, ricocheted on the street in front of the officers. Um, a couple of the one of the ricochets hit an officer in the leg. One uh, a, a bullet we believe uh, ricocheted off uh, officer's helmet. Um, it sure seems he was aiming for the police, and. Um, very unfortunate, uh, very upsetting for our, our staff.
0: Of course, of course. I, I want to ask you about uh, the people, and I don't know if you were able to, to uh, talk with those people who were the doing the bad stuff at the end. Were, were any of these people outside agitators, or did you see anybody from uh, outside who was coming in just to cause trouble?
1: No, you know, most of the people were from the area that we dealt with. We had heard in other cities there was some of that. There's some talk maybe that some people were paid, uh, but um, we haven't seen any proof of that.
0: Okay. Now, for several nights, uh, police made their presence known across the city uh, where looting was possible, I guess. Uh, I know here over where we are, uh, I went by Town East Square in the morning, and it was, it was cordoned off for a few days. Tell us about that strategy of uh, keeping things uh, tamped down there after the, after the initial riot, uh, protests.
1: Yeah. Well, so nationally, there was a movement by groups to loot, particularly mall areas or, or big box stores. And we had the same issues here. And we worked really hard to ensure that our businesses remain safe and secure, uh, extremely hard. And I don't think a lot of people realize how hard our staff worked to ensure that this community remained safe. Um, they worked their tails off uh, to ensure that uh, that these hardworking business owners, that their businesses were not damaged, um, and it it uh, was a little bit of a cat and mouse game for a while. We did end up arresting uh, individuals that were uh, planning some of this, as well as that participated in some of the looting.
0: Do you, uh, now? Did that entail putting some people extra on on, on third or, or overnight for you?
1: Oh yeah, we had to have significant staff. You got to remember the city's one hundred and seventy square miles. And it, the, these big box stores are located throughout the city. So we did, uh, we asked a lot of our officers uh, the first couple weeks of this month. Uh, days off were canceled, shifts were extended. Uh, our men and women of this department worked very, very hard and were away from their families uh, with the sole purpose of keeping uh, our residents and businesses safe. You
0: know, you look at it, I'm a media person, right? And I look at the national media and I look at the way the networks have covered the, the protests and everything. And you can't help but think that uh, it's kind of uh, being a little, well, the police have not come off well with them. And yet we know darn well that uh, our police are on the job, doing a great job. It's I bet it's kind of hard to hard to watch some of that at night for you when you watch the TV. Yeah,
1: you know, I've told our staff, I said, you know, stay off social media and, and quit watching the news because it's depressing and it's, it adds to the stress of our staff. We've got incredible people that work for this department that are compassionate and go out of their way every day to help the residents uh, of the city. And, um, and they have put decades in and to see, uh, you know, this Minneapolis incident spin the way it did and to blast all police and brush them with that same brush is really a shame. There's no other profession where when uh, a couple of staff members, a couple of uh, people in that profession screw up, does the whole bailiwick get painted, right? And that is, uh, I think that's one of the toughest things for policing right now. Um, It doesn't matter how great of an officer you are, you still have people that are angry at you.
0: And yet, I'll bet you're getting some pretty good uh, support from some of the citizens around the city. Are you not?
1: And you know that's kind of the the story that's not making it out. Is I'm hearing, and our officers are hearing from a lot of people thanking them, uh, people dropping off snacks uh, at the stations for officers, um, and that's what helps keep them grounded. Because when you watch the news and look at social media, it it taints their their view of. Mm the actual support that we have from our community. And, and our community has come out and offered tre- tremendous support for our officers.
0: Now, you've been revising police policy recently, I think. What What are some of the changes uh, that you're making to
1: policy? Well, so, Steve, we've been working on a lot of these issues that have come up for years. This is These issues are nothing new to us. Um, you know, the talk about uh, the need for more social services in our community – Um, You know, putting more money toward homelessness and chemical dependency treatment, um, mental health. We have been talking about that and that need because this burden of homelessness and mental health uh, and chemical dependency is falling on the shoulders of the police. All of our societal ills are often solved by people with a 911 call. And we are not the best uh, organization to be dealing with a lot of these things. The, so our officers are put in many positions that it, you know, it could be handled by social workers since 2016, we've been applying for grants to embed social workers inside the police department to help us work and address a lot of issues that we don't need a commission officer to go to. So that's been a big one. You know, the, the de-escalation uh, has been a focus of ours for years where we are teaching uh, and focusing on time and distance, not creating a crisis. Um, and communication as our move toward keeping things from escalating out of control.
0: Well, and you and I, we've done a few of these programs, and, and I'll say, yeah, I, I'll echo that because you have been talking about this for several years now. It's nothing we new. We have.
1: It's not new. This is, no, none of this, none of the new, I mean, you know, one of the things that came up is the, uh, that hadn't come up before is the qualified immunity. Um, But for the most part, all these issues are things that we've been talking about. We've been meeting with activists for years on this, and those people at the table know that. What's come out of this recent event is we've got a lot of new activists where we have to go back to square one and talk about the things the police department is doing and uh, our efforts to improve as an organization.
0: So what, what is that qualified immunity? Is, is, I know there is somebody who will say, you've got to take that away from police officers. What is that exactly?
1: Yeah, it's essentially officers acting within good faith um, are— uh, and it's not just go- officers, it's government employees that are acting in good faith are, um, you know, represented by uh, their employer if something goes wrong, right? And that they can't personally be held liable when they are not— breaking laws and for the most part it has worked and um, while I think there you know there's been some case law where there might be some things that could be readjusted for the most part uh, I don't know if that I don't necessarily agree that that one needs to be issued qualify immunity essentially protections are extended um, to a wide range of government employees Mm -hmm. and it does not prevent officers who engage in misconduct from being convicted of criminal offenses or or anything along those lines
0: all right you're listening to issues 2020 on the intercom radio stations and our guest is wichita police chief gordon ramsey now you've been named to a special governor's commission on policing and racial issues I presume that means you're going to get a big check from the government. (laughs) Uh, Probably not, but uh, this is a voluntary thing. What are there, about 20 people on that? Uh, And uh, tell us what you think you hope to accomplish on something like that. What will your input be?
1: Yeah, well, it looks like I'm the only uh, police representative on there. So I think it's important that uh, police do have a seat at the table and can talk about uh, a lot of these issues that we're discussing right now. Um, the things that we're working on, and, and um, I think the biggest issue is having a voice and recognizing the areas that we need to see uh, improvement upon. And a lot of this boils down to lack of funding. All these issues we talk about really boil down to lack of funding.
0: Oh well, no, you've you've talked about over the years, as you mentioned earlier, the uh, poli- you're seeing people on the streets that, and confronting people on the street, or they're confronting you that that shouldn't be out there. There are people with with so many mental and drug disorders, that they should not be on the streets.
1: Right. It, it is, uh, it's sad to see. It's, in many cases, it's almost inhumane, the conditions that some people live in. And they are um, unable to make decisions for their own health that is causing them, you know, it's just has become many cases um, inhumane. And, and we care about these people, and we want to get them help, but we're limited in what we can do because of resources. And should it be falling on, should these issues be falling on uh, our police officers? And I don't believe they should.
0: All right. When you talk about training, just a general statement of it, there, I've talked to some of the older, older fellows who've uh, been police officers and said they they used to send us out with a badge and a gun and that was about it. So, but you do, yeah. so, you do fairly extensive training, uh, a lot more sophisticated nowadays, right?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, um just society's changed, right? So even the, the amount of mental health calls that we go on uh, compared to when I started 27 years ago are significant. Um, I didn't receive any mental health training when I started as a police officer for recognizing it and how to, how to handle it. Now all of our officers are trained on at some level in mental health training. We talk about uh, the duty to intervene. That is when, and this is one of the things that we're codifying in policy, but we've, for, for years we've been training on this, that when you see an officer that's having a bad day and uh, is mistreating someone, that you step in and you, you take over, right? People forget that our police officers are standard-issue human beings. As, as special as I think they are, uh, they're no different than anybody else. They have good days, bad days, they have emotions. And uh, we're working more than ever now to train their partners to recognize that when someone's having a bad day, that we step in uh police officers can't have a bad day anymore and the scrutiny i've been saying the scrutiny of police officers uh has risen you know every year now as chief for 14 years and every year the scrutiny gets higher and higher to the point where we expect these men and women almost to be superhuman mm. and not to make any mistakes and uh i want to make sure we get the best and brightest coming in the door, and that we can retain the best and brightest. And that's why it's important for people to remember that we need to support our good men and women out there that are wearing the officers. Otherwise, we're not going to get the best and brightest, and no one wants that.
0: The phrase is being heard a lot, defund the police. <laughs> what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, well, it's a lot, a lot of it's what we're talking about, that the over-reliance on police to deal with all these societal issues and that uh, because there's been cuts across the board, that now uh, police are kind of the social services now of last resort. And I agree with the, the the point that we need more social services, we need more drug treatment, we need more help for homelessness and mental health, but uh, I don't believe that it should come at the expense of the police. Now, if we fund some of these other entities, it might take some of the load off police and Someday we might be able to look at cutting some police. But I can tell you right now, we had three shootings last night, and um, we are uh, our police are busy out there. And if we cut police, there is going to be significant uh, cuts to what we're able to do for the community. And that makes me very nervous.
0: Describe, if you will, the police your, our police department's efforts to maintain good relations in various neighborhoods around the city. I guess what you call it, community policing or whatever you call it. Uh, Yes. you, You work, you work at that.
1: Yeah. Community policing is at the core of who I am as a police officer and has been my whole career. This department has a long history of doing incredible community policing efforts. Uh, it's ebbed and flowed throughout the years, oftentimes with staffing. Um, but, uh, community policing is very important to me and to how we work with our community. So, um, you know, some people have said, "Well, you got to start doing community policing." These are some of the new people at the table, and I'm like, "Well, <laughs> this we've been doing it for, for a long time in this department."
0: Mm-hmm. Talk about talk about efforts by uh, the police to recruit officers of all ages. I know for a while you were having trouble finding anybody uh, to come and apply. What's going on
1: there? We were. I think part of that, Steve, was we had we've had significant uh, budget cuts over the years to our training academy, and we had stopped doing recruiting. In 2015, we had 400-some applicants. Last year, we had well over 1,000. Part of that, I think, is our, uh, our co-located facility at WSU, where we, uh, the criminal justice program is on the top floor of the academy, so we have a lot of interaction with students that want to be police officers. That's been a tremendous program, but we've also really partnered up with different military bases and different colleges across our region and we've seen significant success at increasing the number of applicants uh, in the last couple of years.
0: You know, it, it, it occurs to me in all of this situation, all the videos that are coming out, a police officer has to understand he's he or she is going to be on camera somewhere all the time, or can be. Uh, you are equipped, all of your police officers are equipped with body cameras. Uh, has that been a, a positive move, you think?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah in 2016, we outfitted all uh, police officers with body cameras in 2017, we got all the patrol sergeants with body cameras. Uh, when we rolled it out, it was about 50, 50, 50% of the officers were, were ready for it. 50% were nervous. Uh, now I'd say it's about 95 plus percent of our officers really value that camera. Uh, we clear about nine out of 10 complaints that we get by watching the video camera. So, um, it it helps us out tremendously and the officers see that and they value that.
0: All right. Well, the Fourth of July weekend's coming up, though. Will WPDB and in, be involved in enforcing fireworks rules in the city?
1: Yes. Um, you know it has been uh, it's about you know, fifty percent of the people you're gonna make happy, fifty percent of the people you're gonna make mad. It is impossible to keep everybody happening with fireworks, but really what it boils down to is being a good neighbor, and being considerate of your neighbors. And, um, you know, it's sad we have to legislate rules on this, but uh, we do know that there's people that have children and dogs and, and people with, you know, veterans that have post-traumatic uh, stress syndrome that uh, fireworks impact them. And we just have to be good neighbors. I'd much rather not have to go out and police fireworks. But when someone's blowing them off at 3 in the morning, and uh, it's waking up the neighborhood or it's going over someone's house and they're worried about their house catching on fire. You know, that's why we're here.
0: Mm-hmm. Quick uh, comment, if you will, about uh, illegal drugs. We've talked about this before. You've told me time again and again, meth is the biggest problem. Uh, and I've run into somebody on personal basis who is has running into that meth thing. Is that still the case?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I- interestingly enough, uh, the COVID uh Days here has increased the price of meth um, and I think part of that has to do with uh, you know some tightening up at the border and different locations but we uh, we are still seeing uh, meth as our biggest issue. The trend though is we're seeing an increase in synthetic drugs that is stuff that you can purchase k2 uh, online that isn't uh, legislated as well as we'd like uh, because it's with chemical dependency the big issue is Accessibility and cost, and so these synthetics that kind of ebb and flowed over the last couple of years we're seeing an increase in those because they 're pretty easy to get, uh, and they 're dangerous. Um, a lot of them have you know they 've never been tested on what happens to you after you use them, who they're no, not regulated on what's going in there. Uh, synthetic drugs are a big concern. As well and we're seeing that increasing right now
0: you know with all the pandemic and and the the protests and whatnot uh how is the morale among wichita police officers right now
1: well i think they're tired (laughs) um i think the protests and the extended schedules and the demands on them uh took a toll and uh i am grateful that we have men and women that were willing uh, to give up their family time and stay away in some cases some of them worked 18 days straight uh, I am so grateful for them, and um, but I know it took a toll on them. They're tired, as well as just the beating our profession's taking. And when you work your tail off to serve a community ethically, morally, and to the best of your ability, uh, and then to have uh, what's going on right now with this an anti-police movement and the profession being bashed, it's demoralizing, and it's a concern of mine, and we need people, to stand up and say, we support our our good cops, we support the police, and and what they do for our community. They're not hearing it right now.
0: All right, well, maybe this will help. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning. We sure appreciate it and appreciate the job that you and your people are are trying to do out there every day. Always a pleasure,
1: Steve. Thank you for having me.
0: Our guest, Wichita Police Chief Gordon Ramsey. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2020. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.